Welcome to the Pearl of Great Price podcast. Thanks for joining us today. It's the 18th of July and on this day in Christian history. Back to the year 1875 and we travelled to Birmingham in England where six members of the choir from Holy Trinity Church in Bordesley decided to form a football club so as to keep fit for the cricket season. The first recorded cricket match in Birmingham was as early as July 1751, but the sport experienced an expansion late in the 19th century, in line with the city's industrial development. And the number of cricket clubs increased from 69 in 1871 to 214 in 1880. 64 were church-based, 16 were pub teams, 25 came from businesses. In spite of this proliferation of cricket teams, as football was less time-consuming and faster-paced, soon it rivalled cricket, rather than complementing it. Football fever had taken over, and the Small Heath Alliance quickly outgrew its church links from the Holy Trinity Cricket and Football Club, as the sport was codified and then professionalised. The team was renamed Small Heath in 1888, Birmingham in 1905, and finally Birmingham City in 1943. Religion deeply influenced football at this time, and as the church and many church-ordained schoolmasters used the notion of muscular Christianity, in order to identify and develop qualities of good character, manliness, vigour, self-restraint and courage, they were incentivised to produce teams playing cricket and rugby football and association football to help their students and parishioners become strong in body, pure in heart, faithful to friends, family and country and know their duty before God. This meant that organised football evolved as a Christian development to divert youths from gang fights and drunkenness. And similar developments across Birmingham led to the Methodist William McGregor founding Aston Villa and the Football League the first professional league in the world. See pod of March the 23rd. The popular vicar of the church in Bordesley was Richard William Enrot, and attendances on Sunday morning was between 400 and 500, with the Ethan song with sermon often regularly attracting seven to 800 parishioners. This thriving community meant that the choir attracted a healthy pool of players and the captain of the team, Billy Edmonds, was able to assemble a competitive team of choir boys. Meanwhile, a church would be making national news, but not yet for the football team, but rather for the trials of their vicar. The Church of England had been marked by a growing interest in the pre-Reformation roots of Christianity, led by John Henry Newman and the Oxford Movement, podcast of June the 16th, tell you more about that. This led to liturgical practices that were more reliant on beauty, music, incense and high church rituals that were suspiciously close to Roman Catholicism. Enroth belonged to the second generation of Anglo-Catholics after Newman and their liturgical practices included adoration of the Blessed Sacrament, the use of Eucharistic candles, the wearing of a chasuble and alb, the use of wafer bread in Holy Communion, the ceremonial mixing of water and communion wine, 
and allowing the Agnus Dei to be sung by the choir. This also meant that choir boys such as Billy Edmonds and his friends would be engaged in the services and grew closer and have a close link to the church. And it became popular in working class urban areas. To be such a ritualist became controversial in the Anglican church. And Reverend Enroth was targeted by a militant group called the Church Association who had unlimited funds to mount prosecution and he was accused of being too reliant on Catholic-type rituals. These practices had been outlawed by the Public Worship Regulation which had been introduced as a private member's bill by the Archbishop of Canterbury, Archibald Campbell Tate to limit what he perceived as the growing ritualism of Anglo-Catholicism. Strongly endorsed by Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli and Queen Victoria, it was vigorously opposed by Gladstone, and the law was seldom enforced. But Enroth was prosecuted by the Church Association's lawyers and refused to attend his own trial on the grounds of conscience. He was found guilty and jailed for seven weeks. In 2006, Brighton and Hove City Council honoured him as a priest and fighter for religious freedom. But he was one of at least five clergymen who were imprisoned by judges for contempt of court, which in the end greatly embarrassed the Church of England archbishops who had vigorously promoted it. Billy Edmonds and the founding members of Birmingham City supported him through all his trials as he had supported them in establishing their team. And Birmingham City Football Club became the first British team to reach a major European final, reaching the Intercity's first cup finals in 1960 and 1961. The most successful period in their history was in the 1950s and early 60s, and they achieved the highest finishing position of sixth in the first division in 1955-56, and they reached the FA Cup final in 1956. They also won the League Cup in 1963 and again recently in 2011. That's all from the Pearl of Great Price today. Join us tomorrow if you can as we look at the birthplace of the American women's rights movement in the Wesleyan Chapel at Seneca Falls, New York. I hope you enjoyed listening. For links to any readings that I've done to research these pods, visit us on www.pogp.net. And if you'd like to request a topic or ask any questions, then email the show on pogppod at gmail.com. If you have time, please subscribe and share the podcast with friends. And have a lovely day wherever you are. Thanks for listening.